0: If you guys are really enjoying this podcast, I'd greatly appreciate it if you left me some reviews, maybe some five stars, whether you're listening to this on Audible, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Make sure you guys leave this five stars. Leave some nice words. Also share it with a friend. You know, I don't charge anything for these podcasts and my goal is just to grow it and help the jiu-jitsu community. So thank you guys for supporting and I'll see you guys later. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Secrets Podcast. My name is Jason Hill. If you guys don't know if this is your first time checking it out, welcome in. Um, I like to always share any kind of good news that happens on the podcast, especially when it's related to the podcast. We've actually just now eclipsed over 20,000 downloads, which is freaking crazy that I've been running this thing for less than a year, and it's kind of grown like that. You know, at one time when I was talking to people on these things, it was getting like you know, 10 to 15 people downloading per, you know, I've run a YouTube channel for quite a while. And so some of you guys might be coming from that YouTube channel, but um, a lot of people seem like that they're very only podcast consumers. And so I think that's really cool to see kind of that growth um, happen and i do get a lot of people actually who send me like dms and emails more from kind of the podcast than i do from the youtube which is super fascinating it's just like they're two different communities they have different ways of communicating and different ways of connecting so it seems like podcast people maybe i'm wrong maybe i just i'm not doing the youtube stuff right they seem to like the personal stuff and to connect in that way so if you guys have any like topics or questions or concerns or anything like that, you know, feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram or or Facebook or email me. You know, I try to respond as quickly as I can. Hopefully we can get back to some regularly scheduled podcast here now that I've kind of finished up some projects and, and we can get you guys some information moving forward. So anyway, let's go ahead and get into it with this week's episode that we're gonna talk about the five reasons why I see a lot of jujitsu white belts quit and we're gonna give you guys some solutions for it. Because I always hated like getting told, you know, this is gonna be a problem or this is gonna happen or that's gonna happen. And then no one ever actually gave me like a tangible solution or something to be able to do when it when it does happen or if it did happen, right? Now before you turn this off, just know that even if you're like an upper belt and you're like, oh, I don't need to watch this or listen to this because You know, I'm not a white belt anymore. I've overcome that. A lot of this stuff does cross over with one another. Just the things that we're going to be talking about or operating from are going to be the idea from what a white belt can actually do or a white belt's perspective, right? And so the goal of any white belt, right? And this is where the kind of podcast or the journey or the goal of this episode is going to be is to get you guys to that first big benchmark of your jujitsu journey, which is like the blue belt, right? So if you guys can get from white belt to blue belt, that's kind of the first big thing that we're trying to accomplish here. So a lot of the advice and a lot of the things that we're going to give are how you can accomplish the blue belt. Yes, there are going to be like physical Things that you're going to have to do, obviously you're going to have to learn curriculum or fundamentals or skills and things of that nature. But a lot of times what I see drive students to quitting before they obtain their blue belt is the mental aspect. And a lot of that is because no one's ever talked to white belts about what to expect on their white to blue belt journey. They don't know like um, maybe what the expectations are, if they're actually progressing, what is a regular way to uh rate of progressing. progressing, And so all of those things I think are, are very important. And in my experience, uh, teaching for over 14 years now and helping run an academy, this is why white belt students quit. Yes, you're going to have your things like financial and health issues and stuff like that, and, and that's kind of somewhat outside of your control. This is what I'm talking about of, of being able to control inside of like you and your training and like when you're on the mat and mental aspects and and things to prepare yourself to best get you to blue belt, right? So obviously you have to show up and, and train to class and, and do the techniques and learn the stuff like that's obvious, right? So this is the other aspect or the other coin. So what we're going to talk about are these five things. I want you guys to think about it like a pyramid or a funnel and flip it upside down because they're very much stacked. top of one each other so what i see is it's like a domino effect when one thing happens it leads to the other thing creating it and it goes down 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 so at times someone might skip straight to the middle or go to the last one but Usually what I see is it's a trickle down and I'll explain how that happens specifically from my white belt perspective. So what are the five things that usually cause students to quit before they can make it to blue belt? Well, let's talk about it. So the first one is going to be time constraint. The second one is going to be a plateauing effect. The third one is going to be frustration or like motivation type stuff. The fourth one is confidence. And then the fifth and last one is going to be a lack of support. Right, So all of these things that we're going to talk about are reasons why you'll quit before blue belt or, and then also the solutions will be how you can set yourself up to achieve the blue belt. Cause now, you know, if you quit at blue belt, that's a whole different separate topic, right? Which I might do a whole video on later on. So let's talk about each one. So first off, let's start with time constraint. So time constraint is number one. And so usually time constraint is what I see quit involves most white belts to quit in their jiu jitsu journey over everything else. Because you have two types of students who have a time constraint issue. And the first one is the kind of inconsistent student or a student who never gets on a regular schedule. I personally think that when I see students come in and they do like a trial class or they're on their couple weeks free or whatever, they come and hit all the classes and they see the schedule and they're like, wow, there's so many options and all this thing. And then what happens is when they sign up and they pay the tuition and they start get going, they can't ever get on a consistent and regular schedule. They come like Monday one week, then they come Thursday another week and they come Friday the next week. And it just like these giant gaps are happening between their training. And I understand you got jobs, you got families, you got lives. But that needs to be a priority. If you're gonna do jujitsu, you have to get on a regular schedule, or else it's gonna be doomed and it's gonna be very hard to make it to that blue belt because you're going between such big gaps between learning you're going to forget stuff and you know the next time you're on the mats maybe been a week or two and then you got to remember everything else you got to think about it like when you're first training as a white belt it's like a super tiny seed and it needs the most amount of care and you need the most amount of repetition and reseeing stuff over and over again so just the longer it goes in between watering then it's going to take um it's toll on you right and it's just going to be hard and then Um, You know, you're not going to see the progress that you want. And so I think students grossly overestimate the amount of time that they have in their available schedule whenever they sign up for jujitsu in the beginning. The next one of the kind of the time constraint thing is actually more of the opposite. It's like the all in student. The all in student is someone who trains like seven days a week when they first start training, they buy all of the gear, they change their profile picture to Alio Gracie after like three weeks of training, and they just come and hit the ground running really, really hard. And the reason why it's a time constraint issue is because that time constraint is an unrealistic expectation and they're constraining their time outside of jujitsu. And so what happens is they probably start ignoring or not taking care of the stuff that they need to take care of outside of jujitsu. And then after they've been doing this for three months or six months or whatever, they, their schedule has to change because they can't maintain that pace. They can't come six days a week and seven days a week for, you know, five, six, seven, eight years and maintain that pace and, uh, and and make it to black belt. So then what happens is when they have to change the schedule, then they're almost like, oh well, what's the point of coming now? I'm not training as much and all these things happen, right? And so, what I see with that kind of a student is this is would be like your 10-year white belt or a student who took five years to become a blue belt. I guarantee you what happened is they were either inconsistent, they were training on a non-regular schedule, or they're this person that trained and hit the ground running hard for like three months, and then they dropped off and you didn't see them again for eight months, and then they came back in, they trained hard again for another three months, and then they dropped off again, and you didn't see them again for another eight months, and they just kind of have this roller coaster style of effect and so which one is better neither one is good Right. So that's neither one is good. I would rather take a student who trains one day a week and keeps that one day a week in consistency than the student that comes seven days a week for three months. I don't see him again for eight months or vice versa. The student that's like only coming once a week whenever they can. That's that's very inconsistent in either way. Right. So if your goal is to make it to Blue Belt in a reasonable amount of time, you have to be consistent in one way or the other. And so the solution or the prescription for you guys is if time constraints an issue, you should shoot for 2 to 4 days a week is very very doable and reasonable. Um I think 2 days a week is a good enough because you're watering the seed on a regular basis. If one day a week is the best that you can do, fine, but make sure you make that one day a week the same day as much as you can. And you are super consistent. You block off time on your calendar. I don't care what you got to do. Make sure you get it done because it needs to be consistent. The sporadic one day a week person never works out. I've never seen it work. I've never seen it work where someone does one day a week on Monday and then they come on Friday the next week and they come Thursday the next week. It, It just, it never works. I've never seen it happen, right? And so it has to be the same one day a week. Um, And then for the uh, other aspect, right, four days a week is good because it's not burnout. What, What starts to happen is if you get to the five, six, seven days a week, especially when you're a white belt, majority of the time, either those people have like they're, <laughs> I hate to get personal with you guys. You're neglecting other responsibilities or you literally have no responsibilities for whatever reason, right? You, you, you've, you've structured your life in a way that you guys can do that. You don't have kids. You don't have uh, a job that requires that much time or whatever, but something usually always changes, right? Nothing ever stays the same like that. Unless you're like this wealthy guy that's, you know, can do all that stuff. And you've structured your life in a ninja style of way. That's great. Usually the students that train the six or seven days a week are usually kind of people who are kind of finding their way in life and stuff like that. And those people, a lot of times do become whatever in jujitsu, like a great competitor or great whatever, but that's not majority. And that's the problem. You can't operate from advice that is not like you and not the majority. You know how many, so do you know how many, every people who have wanted to be like Gordon Ryan with the time constraint stuff and train like six days a week and seven days a week and have slept on the mat and have- and uh, have wanted that and tried that lifestyle and have failed more than have been successful, right? So you have to understand, oh, well, because some, this guy over here was living in the gutter and sleeping on the mat and training seven days a week and bought in and all of this stuff and yada, yada, yada. Like, look at them. Look, look, look how it paid off for them. Yeah. Do you know how many guys I've seen who have done that? And then they never train again more than I can count. So we tend to like highlight the person that, is the one outlier in the room, but we don't put it in realistic perspective. And I think that, uh, you know, that makes a great champion and it makes whatever, and and maybe I'm wrong because I've never been a world champion. And so I don't, I, I, I don't know that, but I've had a lot of guys attempt that lifestyle. I've literally witnessed it and I've helped them as best as I could. And majority of the time, it never works <laughs> like never. Right. So if you can make it work, prove me wrong. I would love to prove it wrong. But shooting for that two to four days a week on a regular basis is very, very doable. And I think is something that is more reasonable and it can set you up for actually training more in the long run in the future because you're not neglecting other stuff that you need to deal with. Right now, everyone's situation is different. Anyway, number two. Okay, so think about that if you guys want to get a piece of paper out right now. You can do that 2 to 4 days a week is how you uh, uh prevent yourself from quitting. You don't have a time constraint issue, regular schedule, yada yada yada. Next one, plateauing effect. So what happens with the plateauing effect is plateauing, remember, is like flat line. It's where you're not really going up, but you're not really going down, right? You're just kind of staying even kill. And time constraint issues on both ends usually cause plateauing effect for white belts. Right. Because here's the thing, white belts, every time that you go to class or you train, you should be getting astronomically better because you have such a low baseline that you're operating from that you've never uh, dealt with jujitsu before. Every time you go to class, it should be giant gaps or giant jumps. So there should never be a plateauing effect at white belt. So with like actual skill or technical ability or growth or learning, right, where it happens is from the time constraint, actually because you're not regularly training, therefore you don't see the big jumps and growth that you would like. So if you're training only like that one day a week and it's sporadically and you only get two sessions in in a month, yeah, you're going to feel like you're plateauing because you're not training on a consistent basis. Or if you're the all in action person, you go three months of hitting the ground hard. Then you come back after eight months of being off and then you're frustrated or you see a plateau that you're, Uh, you know, you feel like you're worse than you were when you took the time off when you were training. And I'm like, yeah, because you took eight months off. It's not going to be just as sharp as it was when it was the other amount of time. Right. So this plateauing effect is, is very, um, real when it comes to students who are, who are thinking about quitting right in that way. And usually that, like I said, the plateau is not caused from a lack of growth. Usually it's caused from a time constraint and being inconsistent maybe there might be a, and so this could bring us to my next point. If you feel like, like, no, Chase, I train on a regular schedule. I don't overtrain. I'm there every week and I still feel like I'm plateauing. What that tells me is that's an expectation thing. Okay. So that means that for some reason you think that you're not growing enough. But what I mean though, is like at white belt, you literally have so much room for growth. You should be growing astronomically. So there should be no plateau. So if you feel like you're plateauing at white belt, that's an expectation. That's there. There's no ifs, ands, buts about it. You're literally not just flatlining. You're so uh, operating from such a low baseline, you have to improve. So the plateauing effect, if, if you feel like that, and you are training on a regular schedule, is expectation. So the expectation that you guys can expect to be a white belt or it take to become a blue belt, I think is healthy one to two years. And why I put that as important is because I've had white belts who train six days a week, who are the kind of the all-in guy and just whatever their physical abilities, they weren't catching on as quickly or whatever, take over two years to become a blue belt. And they were killing it with volume. They were training all the time, being in every class, and it still took them two years. Thank you guys again for supporting the podcast. In case you guys didn't know, I'm really trying to work on growing my social media presence either on Instagram and on Twitter. So make sure you guys give me a follow over there of at Jason Hill is both handles. It's also in the show description. It's a quick way to link over. This is the best way to also ask me about questions or topics you would like future podcasts on. Also, if you haven't already, make sure you check out the YouTube channel. It has a lot of these topics just in video format. It's just another medium for you guys to check it out. And so that is a good way to also get some jujitsu help. So thank you guys again, and I'll see you guys later. And then I had students who trained three days a week who are naturally gifted, who are blessed, caught on to everything, understood stuff, a little bit more technical for whatever reason, become blue belts in like a year and a half because they just got everything and caught on a lot quicker. People are different and that is fine, right? So people are different. That is fine. Everyone's going to learn differently and operate differently, but it should take you one to two years to be a blue belt. So if you're training like six days a week and you've been training for a year and you're like, man, I'm killing this thing with volume and I'm still not a blue belt. That's okay, right? It might take you two years. If you've been training, you know, a year and a half and you've been training two days a week and you're still not a blue belt that's okay. It might take you two years, right? So just know that that's okay. Personally, myself, it actually took me over two years to become a blue belt. And it was because I was the inconsistent guy. I would train, actually, no, I was the all-in guy. I, I lied. I was the all-in guy. I would train a lot. I would come in, I would train, hit it hard for like a couple months, be at like every single class. And I would be off for like three months. And I would come back and then boom, boom, boom. Right. So it took me kind of getting over that yo-yo effect to really get serious. And it really wasn't until um, I got closer to becoming a blue belt and I took it seriously that I made that consistency a lot more, right? But I had to, I wasn't training, you know, five days a week anymore. I was training on a more regular, consistent schedule. So the time constraint can actually cause a plateauing effect if you guys see it like that. So the next part of your prescription is that it should take one to two years to become a blue belt, right? So we have twice a week, two to four days a week. If you are doing that consistently and not yo-yoing, and you're doing it for a year to two years, you should be a blue belt, period. Unless your school has some crazy weird expectations or some crazy stuff going on, then that should be very normal to become a blue belt. I'm telling you guys right now. Next thing, the frustration and confidence, right? So the thing about time constraint and plateauing effect, those usually cause that frustration and uh, motivation type stuff, right? So, It's very easy to become frustrated if you're not feeling like you're improving or you're not training. And then because you're feeling like you're not improving, you're not training on a regular schedule, right? So that's why frustration will happen, right? Because you're like, man, I'm not getting any better. And then if we look at it, we examine it. It's probably because you're not training on a regular schedule and so on and so forth, right? Um, now for some of you guys, if you're still telling me like, no, Chase, that's not it. I train consistently. I have realistic expectations and I'm still frustrated and I'm still unmotivated. Okay. So let's talk about that. If you're that person, usually that means it's still an expectation thing. Um, why your frustration is happening. That usually means that you're holding yourself to a very high expectation for some reason in training. So usually specifically, like whenever you're live training or rolling or sparring, you're frustrated with the results or the outcomes, right? You're like, oh man, I don't, I don't, I don't really know why this isn't working, or I don't know why that's not working, or why this move isn't working, right? And so that can also lead you to being unmotivated because you're like, man, every time I go, just nothing ever works. So let's talk about it. The two parts with that is the kind of frustration part means the expectations and what you should be focusing on when you're training. And so personally, I think as white belts, you guys should be focusing on. Um, Defending and surviving and more about just kind of recognizing what the hell is going on in training. I think we kind of can get into the competition aspect. And the competition aspect means that you're trying to impose your game or dominate and, and win, right? But really all you should be doing at white belt whenever you're training or you're getting frustrated or any of that stuff is you should just be able to recognize what the hell is happening to you. How did you end up in this position? Why did you end up here? Why did your move fail? Why did this happen? And in recognition and an awareness of what's going on, the more you can do that, the actual faster you will get better at jujitsu, in my opinion. So that is more what I recommend students work on as white belts to boost their uh, frustration, right? To get out of that frustration or to get more motivated, because you're going to see better results. You're going to have better expectations. If your expectation is just to survive and defend and recognize what the hell is going on, then you will start to make adjustments and understand what's going on and improve. That that literally is how that works. But if you're thinking like, "Oh man, I'm, I got to tap all these guys and I just got to ram all these moves down people's throats." and then it's not working, that's what's creating the frustration. And that's what leads to the lack of motivation. Now, sometimes motivation, I'll tell you guys this too, comes from a lack of goals as well. Um, You have nothing to shoot for beside just the blue belt. And that's such a broad goal. Sometimes it's good to have like the benchmarks and that could be your benchmark there. Think about, you know, what to survive with, what positions you're trying to improve, you know, things of like that nature that can really help you along the way. So number four, right, is the confidence. And so now remember pyramid effect, right? So at the top, we had time constraint, time constraint, inconsistent training or all in or, or, or yo-yoing, whatever creates that plateauing feeling because you're not training on a regular schedule or you're taking long breaks in between creates that plateau. And then because you are feeling like there's plateauing, you're getting frustrated or unmotivated to train. And now, of course, that leads to lack of confidence. Now you're not confident in anything that you have done. You're not confident in your abilities of training jujitsu, right? You feel like, like, man, I couldn't pull this off if I had to in a real fight or I'm just no good or whatever. These are the students that I see are like, who say, you know, jujitsu is just not for me. You know, I tried it and I, I did it a lot, but I just, I just couldn't make it work, right? That's a confidence issue, right? That's not a, uh. That's not like a jujitsu problem. That's a you problem, right? So that's a confidence thing. And it's usually kind of attributed to probably either the frustration plateauing or time constraint issue, right? So um, it could be, um, well, once again, like I said, if it's a frustration issue, that's an expectation issue, right? So all of that stuff is kind of a trickle down effect from one another. Now, the confidence thing could also come from you comparing yourself to like peers or or people in the gym, right? Because maybe you see, like I gave the example earlier, you saw somebody who is only training three days a week and somehow surpassing you while you're training like seven days a week. You're like, how is this possible? That can definitely hurt your confidence too. But just understand people learn at different levels. I actually experienced that myself as well. I had people who like flew past me, but then what ends up happening is it evens out. And a lot of those people who flew past me, no longer train. So attrition just beat them. (laughs) Now, if we were to train today, they would not beat me, even though they destroyed me for the first half of my entire jiu-jitsu career. But when they take time off, look what happens. Other people get better, right? So that's why consistency and time constraint is the first big one. So that confidence piece is important. Now, what I would recommend that we can use um, to help not let confidence be the reason why we quit is um i understand that the saying of of comparison's a thief of joy but i think comparing wisely is valuable right so metrics are are power right so you want to compare how your performance is so you don't want to compare your growth level i think that's where people kind of mistake that saying you know like comparison's a thief of joy but comparison's also a very powerful tool And I think it's just what metric you use to compare is, is the beneficial part. So I don't really want to compare like how quick someone is improving. I want to compare my performance. So if I'm two white belts and I'm rolling with this guy, who's like a four stripe white belt, who's a monster in the gym and just destroys me every time my goal, every time I roll with him is just to improve a little bit more and to do those defensive and and recognition and things that we talked about in the previous part just a little bit better to improve right and to get better and if you keep comparing and measuring that metric against that same person and you see yourself start to improve that will build your confidence um and so i recommend that students do this only against people who they're who are their skill and the easiest way to do that is via white belts right so if you're a white belt only compare it to other white belts once again Not compare the amount of growth or how fast somebody's improving, but just solely how your performance is against the person. And if you kind of keep a little log or a notebook or uh, head metrics about like, what you just need to improve against that one individual that goes a long way and i don't really care how you're doing against blue belts right now or how you're doing against uh purple belts or brown belts or anything my goal is to get you to blue belt fast and to get you to blue belt quicker and to keep you from quitting so you can get to blue belt and so the only people you need to be really worried about is how you're doing against other white belts and 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 ma- and, and measuring the metrics of that way right so like i said not compare the growth don't don't get me confused with that and try to outpace them or outdo them or outtap them. No, it's just about improving your performance against them every little bit of the time. Right. And then the fifth and final one is going to be the lack of support. Right. And so lack of support usually means that whenever student has got to this part, the very last part of the funnel here means all of the other things have kind of piled on top And they're not really sure why they're feeling this way. And so they don't really have a person to talk to, or they don't have someone who can answer their questions or kind of pull them out from that kind of depths of sorrow. And so there's a lack of support and then they just end up quitting altogether, right? They end up canceling and it's kind of the last little phase there. And so what I can best recommend for you guys on a lack of support is find an upper belt who you can kind of latch onto that can hold you accountable and that you feel confident and in, in saying these questions too, right? I know a lot of times people think like, oh, well, that's my instructor. Uh, there, there's a lot of times that, um, and I know this for a fact because I have an online program that people uh, work with me and they have in- in-person instructors, but they still work with me. And for some reason, they feel more comfortable talking to me about problems than they do their instructor, Right. So that is a thing, right? That is a thing. Sometimes we don't want to disrespect our instructor, or we think it's disrespectful, or we're kind of intimidated, not necessarily because of what they're doing per se. It's not like that they're making you feel intimidated. It's just kind of the vibe of what jujitsu is. I'm sure my in person students sometimes feel like that talking to me, but when you're talking through a guy on a computer or remotely or something, and maybe it's a lot less intimidating. And so Um, you know, you need to find somebody who can kind of guide you that when you're having hard questions, they can give you a different perspective or tell you that that's normal or tell you how to overcome that. So there's probably a lot of other great advice that other upper belts can add on to the advice I'm giving here that maybe I'm either overlooking or I've never even thought about. So when you're thinking about having problems, it's very important to lean on that kind of supportive system for you guys. And so you need to either find like an upper belt or someone that you kind of feel can uh, you can bounce ideas off of or come to when you're a problem. And I know that's kind of seems weird. Jiu-Jitsu people are like, no, like I would never do that. Never talk to anybody about my feelings or talk to them about that stuff. They're going to think I'm weak or whatever. Eh, that's fine. Um, I, I my, In my experience, actually, majority of the Jiu-Jitsu culture is not like that. That's a very big kind of like facade that's put out there and then – Like, but if you talk to them about quitting jujitsu, they're going to like not want you to quit because they're passionate about it and they really want you to not quit. So they're going to try to help you out with that moving forward. So you have to understand that's where people are operating from. So there's your guys's prescription with that. So here we'll kind of review it again. First one was time constraint, right? In order to get to blue belt, a a consistent time schedule should be training two to four days a week. Then you have the plateauing effect. Plateauing effect will be created if you're not training consistently two to four days a week, or you kind of burn yourself out and stop training. Or it's a weird expectation thing that you have that you're not a blue belt yet, or are you actually improving or whatever. So the expectation to get to blue belt should be one to two years. So if you're training two days a week, two to four days a week, and you're doing it for a year to two years, you should become a blue belt. Frustration and confidence. That means that you are, or frustration and motivation. I'm sorry. Frustration and motivation Means that you don't really have goals to shoot for or you're frustrated with your performance or you're frustrated with that you're not feeling like you're improving or that plateauing effect, right? So what should you be focused on? Should be focused on surviving, uh, recognition of when to do things, position recognition, things like that. Set goals, set benchmarks to achieve along your blue belt way. Confidence is number four right? So the confidence thing usually is caused by the performance, the frustration, the plateauing, not training on a regular schedule, right? So for confidence, you should be able to kind of measure your metric of your performance against people who are your skill level, right? People who are your white belts. And so not measuring how fast each one of you are improving or the other, but just making slow, gradual improvements against that specific person who is around your skill level and kind of taking notes and making a log and and making like slight adjustments over time. And that will get you a long way. And then the last one, lack of support. Right. So for that, you guys want to find an upper belt or someone who can hold you accountable going forward. So if you guys need somebody who's a lack of support, you know, shoot me an email, let me know. And I'll be that lack of, uh, I'll be that supportive system for you if you need that help. Um, and with that being said, that's going to be the end of this episode. Take it easy and I'll see you guys next time. So if you're a student that's tired of wasting time and really looking for help and really looking for the finite solution, I encourage you to check out my Jiu Jitsu acceleration system. It's a coaching program where you actually work with me. We work together. We collaborate. We figure out where your Jiu Jitsu is at right now and where we want to go, and then we figure out a plan on how you can best execute it even inside of your own training environment. So this is just an extra resource just like an instructional would be, except you actually get to work with the person who created it on a weekly basis. So if that's something you're interested in, make sure you guys go over to my website, www.chasonhill.com, where you can get all the information. Until next time, I'll see you later.